Welcome to the Lost Boys to Found Fathers podcast. I'm Gabe O'Sullivan, and joining me is my co-host, Will Haycox. We are men who have suffered the loss of a child, and through this production, we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who have traveled the same journey. Welcome, Will. How you doing, Gabe? Doing great, man. So today, we're going to do episode 35. It's going to be what we're calling episode 35, Mm -hmm. no matter what the Mm -hmm. webinar says. Mm -hmm. And... Will is going to lead us through a really cool discussion uh, about a topic that I think is super important uh, in this in this vein of thinking. You know, because mm. when we go through a difficulty like the loss of a child, one of the things that I struggled with, and probably you did too, Will, was thinking like, okay, what did I do wrong to make God not love me? Mm. Because if He loved me, He would not have allowed this terrible tragedy to happen. Mm-hmm. And we are going to debunk that myth Mm. that God doesn't love us and we're going to talk about how we can know that God truly loves us Mm. yeah thanks for opening us up there Gabe and uh, as always we hope you were listening to these episodes in order because otherwise what sort of weird chaos are you living in that you jump around in podcast episodes that's just that's a disgusting thought I can't believe you would do that no so I say that to say we just finished uh asking Gabe some questions about his new book, Every Little Thing, Six Small Steps to Perfect Peace. And that kind of leads, we didn't plan it this way. I don't think I told Gabe uh, what the notes were for this episode until uh, after we had already decided we were going to do the interview about his book. But Six Small Steps to Perfect Peace, I think one of the things that it's easy to be anxious about and easy to Um, lead to anxiety and fear and frustration is when you're questioning does God love you is God good is God even real sometimes you know and and you're just you've shared um, you know your struggles with having some thoughts about God how he maybe you wouldn't have said it this way but almost like God was a genie you know at certain times years and years ago when when you dealt with losing with your losing your girls it just doesn't make sense how you know this bad thing could happen if I was such a good person, and and I've dealt with that same thing as well. So I think that's a valid question: is does God really love me? And as as I love to do on our podcast, I give you the answer to the question in the first two or three minutes, and then we can talk about it for forty minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, God loves you. Um, it's pretty clear from reading the Bible for even five minutes two minutes that God loves you and he loves you more than you can imagine as long, as long as we read the right um, as long as you read the right, the right place <laughs> that's true yeah you pick up totally out of context you pick up the Bible and read some verses in Genesis yeah. or Jeremiah about destruction against <laughs> yes. people then yeah that right. that well, might not help you too much with your fear and anxiety but uh, yes yeah. read the Bible again like I say do things in order context matters there you go so uh, yeah, so I want to want to make you certain about some of God's attributes, and clearly we don't have time today to get through all of these, but I'm sure we'll do some episodes on them at some point in the future. But God is good, God is loving, He's faithful, and He's righteous. I want to share a few verses with you about His righteousness and His goodness and His love. Psalm 145.17 says, The Lord is righteous in all His ways and kind in all His works. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. 1 John 1, 5 says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. 
And John 3, 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So not only do these verses and many, many more, as we said, attest to God's merciful and kind attributes, but the story of the whole Bible, and really the story of redemptive history, which is what the Bible is, prove God's love many, many times over. And we've been over this before. We've we've talked about and gone through the how God created Adam and Eve and walked with them in the garden and had a relationship with them, and then they rebelled against him, led to the fall. You skip forward and you see the stories of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and how they rebelled against God in different places or didn't trust God, and still he loved them and blessed them. You have when God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, and if you read that story in, in Genesis and, and Exodus and Numbers, it's like God is so good and so faithful, and he provides, like literally provides food from them for them every day, and they eat the food in the morning, and then it's like about 10.30, they're like, all right, we hate this God. We're going to kill Moses and go back to Egypt. And God does bring some, some judgment against them at different times. But then he saves them and continues to be kind to them. And I think that is something that we can easily see as like a back then thing, you know? Like God did this. He brought manna from heaven for these people 6,000 years ago. But uh, I'm not seeing any manna from heaven now, you know? I'm not seeing God provide something for me when I'm short on rent and I need, you know, an extra $40 or an extra $300 or whatever it is. And that didn't just show up in my mailbox. So is God really good? And I think those are valid questions to ask. You know, it's good to, to know where we stand and to have thoughts like that. But I think if you spend time reading the Bible and you really get to know God's character, it's pretty clear that how much he's done for us. So we have all of that. God has pursued us throughout all of history. And to culminate all of that, he sent his son to earth to live a perfect life, die on the cross for us, and take the punishment that we rightly were owed for our sins. And then he did all this while we were his enemy, and while we were against him, while we were in rebellion, and while we didn't believe in him. Can you imagine a love that's better greater and stronger than that so i think i'll let you jump in here gabe but i think that's that's a very comforting i I jumped ran through that quickly i know because we just we've talked about that before but i just want to lay that out as the groundwork that yes like this you read the bible you open your heart to the lord and let him speak to you through his scriptures there's really shouldn't be a question there shouldn't be much room in your heart for questions as to whether or not god loves you that's good, man. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. And and I think, like we had said earlier, just kind of jokingly, but it does matter which scriptures you read. Because mm. if we, let's say somebody was like, well, I read the Bible and it was just, like I had somebody tell me that one time. Well, I read mm. the Bible and it's just a bunch of God killing people and mm. destruction and that doesn't sound very loving. I don't want to follow him. Mm. Well, Okay, but what's the context of that, right? Mm-hmm. And and why is that in there, right? That's the mm-hmm. next question that they didn't ask, mm-hmm. right? There's always going to be a why behind almost everything that we read or, mm-hmm. or everything that happens. And uh, 
quickly, you know, the reason that those things would be happening and God might be bringing judgment is because his people were were, were disobedient, mm -hmm. right? They were against him. And then he's like, well, because you're against me, I'll, I'm going to give you an opportunity to change your mind. Mm -hmm. And we're going we're gonna to bring some things into your life that are less than pleasant in hopes that you will come back to me. No different than a father would discipline his son, mm. who he knows is making choices that will eventually lead to destructive behavior potentially. What's that father going to do? Well, he's going to put some, you know, some pain in that kid's life, you know, from a discipline standpoint in order to make him rethink his his childlike decisions so that way years down the road he's going to make better decisions that are helpful and beneficial for him and Certainly we see that happening in the Bible, you know, but again, the reason behind that is because God loves his children, because mm -hmm. God wants the best for his children, and because God wants to have us with him forever, and he's given us that opportunity. Then again, you read further in Scripture, you get into the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and, and, and on and on, and you read about Jesus mm -hmm. and about him being God's only son being God in the flesh, which is, again, something kind of hard for our minds to wrap around, but that he came to this earth with the only purpose of not just to show us how to be like God or not just to show us what God is like or not just to show us the way. He said, I am the way, meaning that it was only because he came to die that we can live and that how much more can we can we ask for, right? That the God of the universe would come to earth, allow himself to be killed in our place so that we wouldn't have to suffer his punishment, uh, and that he did that because of his love for us. Mm -hmm. And so will we go through difficult times? Yes. Will sometimes things not work out the way we think they should? Yes. But there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but it's always looking out. God's always looking out for the hearts and the lives and eventually in, 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 in the totality of things, the souls of his created humans that we would be able to spend eternity with him and so just remember that it's not it's not that God's got your got your worst in mind even if you're going through a really terrible situation God's got your best in mind and we see that because we know that that Christ came to this earth lived and died for us yeah and I, I'm jotting down notes there that come up while you're talking um you know i think you brought up you know how there's a lot of wrath however you want to say it in the old testament and maybe there's not as much quote unquote wrath in the new testament and you know part of that is god a lot of the new testament is letters written by the apostles and they're encouraging to the church and if, if you read first corinthians and you read some of these letters by paul like it may not be like quote unquote wrath of god bringing down fire but like paul inspired by the spirit is pretty hard on the corinthians and and other churches that are doing some messed up things in the name of jesus and so it's not like the Old Testament's all rainbow, or all, the New Testament's rainbows and sunshine and flowers and puppies, and the Old Testament's all hellfire and brimstone and mm -hmm. everything's dying. Like, the Lord is consistent throughout. And what made me <clears throat> think of that was, you know, God disciplines who he loves, 
and that that's an easy thing to say, I guess, but it's it should be easy to understand because like there's if you think of discipline and maybe you had a bad upbringing or you've listened to the ways of the world that you know you should just raise your kids to discover themselves and figure out who they are and don't squelch their personality or however they want to say it and you think of discipline as an inherently negative thing like think about the people that annoy you the most i'm assuming probably are people who talk too much or people who walk up into your face and they think they're in social media world so they can just say whatever they want and imagine that they're not going to get smacked or they're really inconsiderate in traffic or whatever it is like they're people that typically lack discipline so discipline is actually something that if you have kids or if you remember when you were raised if you were raised by parents who wanted you to be disciplined discipline is actually something that's helpful and makes you into a better person and guides you to be the best of what you can be and we talked about in just this last episode like like uh, Gabe was saying you know he listened to some uh, some encouragement, like some motivational speaking that was teaching discipline, was teaching you, hey, you know, eat right, exercise, you know, make a, make plans and, and goals and stick to them. And those things are hard, but they're disciplines that you have to work at. So all that to say, you know, God disciplines who he loves. So if God didn't love you and didn't care about you, he would just be that parent that's like, sure, go hang out with your friends. It's six o'clock now. Man, as long as you're back by school in the morning, you know, whatever, do what you want. Like all the stories you hear of like the, I was born in 91 and you know, we hear stories of like the seventies kids and it's like, yeah, we just got home from school at three and like, we may not have gone home until midnight. And you're like, that's cool. Like, yeah, the world was a more innocent place, but I'm sure there were kids then who like had parents who cared about them and were like, all right, you can come home and you can eat dinner at the right time and you can spend time with the family. And those things might have been not as fun, but those things built structure and discipline into the lives of people who experienced them. And all that to say, if God didn't love you, he wouldn't have rules and plans and desires for your life that he wants you to go through so that you can get to know him better and be more like him though so i think uh, i think that and that's, yeah. i think that speaks to just like even creation okay mm-hmm. we can see that what you just said in creation like mm-hmm. how does an oak tree grow does it just immediately become a 300 mm-hmm. foot Mm. giant oak tree or does it have to go through a process of a seed in the ground getting proper water and proper sunlight then budding from the ground as a small shoot and then not getting eaten by some animal right Mm -hmm. and then over years and years like there's all these photosynthesis and Mm -hmm. you know the right conditions all these things have to be in order right for that tree to thrive and to become what it's intended to become Mm -hmm. and that again speaks to the order that god has placed in in our world in general but also in our salvation Mm -hmm. you know not that um, not that there's a, a list of steps that we have to follow to be saved and to be you know reconciled to god it's but in a sense, there is because we have to admit that he is the only true God. We have to believe that Jesus Christ is his son, 
that he died on the cross, that he rose from the grave after three days. You know, we have to confess that we are sinners, that we do things that have displeased God. We cannot, we cannot do enough good to earn his favor. We have to confess that to him and we have to say, okay, God, I'm turning from my sin and I'm turning to you and allow you to be my king, my savior, the reconciliation between me and you uh, by your sacrifice, and I'm going to allow you to be the king of my life. So even in that, mm. even in salvation, there are some steps that we have to follow, and and that and that's a good thing. And what does that do? Mm. That shows us love, right? That shows us mm-hmm. love when there is order in in those in those senses that we were talking about. That just uh, demonstrates God's love. Mm-hmm. And I think you know where I set out to go. The last thing I said and didn't quite get there was like, if you love your kids. Do you let them do literally anything they want? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you might give them some some bumpers and say, like, sure, go do what you want. But are you letting your kid who's two years old do backflips on a trampoline? Mm-hmm. Like, are you letting your six-year-old pull a pot off of the – out of the uh, – a mm-hmm. pot in the oven. A pull yeah. – a pan out of the oven without oven mitts? Like – Mm. All these things, like, are you letting them help you clean the blender with the blades at the bottom of it? Like, mm. there, there are these things that you put guidelines, you put blocks in place, and if the child circumvents those things and does something that could hurt them, you discipline that child, whether you spank the child or whether you set them down and explain to them why that's a problem. Like, your goal is to instill discipline to, one, protect the child from the consequences of the negative thing that they may do if they're not disciplined, and two, you know, you start with, hey, we don't put our hands in a dog's mouth and try to grab his tongue. Mm. We don't, you know, whatever, like these three, if we don't put a key in the outlet, you know, and you're trying to teach these things. And then you, when they get a little older, Gabe, your kids are older than mine. You might be teaching them, hey, like you start this new sport and you hate this sport, but there's only eight games. You're going to push through and we're going to do it. And you're teaching these disciplines of like following through on things that you commit to. And if you don't have, which I think a lot of kids my age and younger don't have that follow through, then you never really accomplish anything in your life. And maybe you're not a good employee. You're not a good husband. You're not a good blank, 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 because you didn't have discipline as a child and you never built those things. Mm, So God doesn't want us to be, lazy Christians. He doesn't want us to be, you know, just floating through life without any drive or any plans or any ability to do anything. He wants us to be effective in building his kingdom. So he loves us enough to allow us to go through some tough things or just to be challenged in ways so that we build discipline and we live fulfilling lives that can glorify him. So that's great. God loves us. We proved that he loves us here. But if he loves us, what does that do for us? Can we, is love enough? Is love uh, powerful enough to, to get us through everything? Or can we be separated from God and his love? And it's clear from Romans 8, 35 through 39, that we can't be separated from the love of Christ and the security we have in God by anything. Those verses say, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. 
know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a pretty complete list of things. I mean, it literally says there at the end, nor anything else in all creation. So that's where yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind is the, the doctrine of uh, perseverance of the saints, that once we're saved, we're always saved. Um, and there's some the other people out there who disagree with that. But um, we don't have to, once we have that moment of saving faith, the, the Lord drew us in and gave us the ability to, to choose him and to believe in him, we don't have to go through the rest of our lives and fear that I sinned one too many times or I got mad and I, I said this horrible thing about my wife or about God or I've just, you know, I've been dealing with depression or anxiety and so my faith isn't in God anymore. Am I still saved? Like, do I still have access to that love? And it's clear from this verse and we, Gabe can speak to this, I can speak to this no matter how far you feel from God, once you're a Christian, no matter how much you fall and you sin and you fail in your own human power, God is stronger than whatever sin that you, you've been in and you've been dealing with. And so you don't have to go through life afraid that you know this pain, this struggle, this anxiety is going to draw me so far from God that I can't get back. And I think that's, a, that's very encouraging to me to not have that that question floating around. So regardless of whatever pain, whatever struggle we face, or whatever circumstance that stands against us and tries to discourage us, we have that firm foundation in Christ. And we can return to that hope we have in Him through anything that we deal with. So that means directly to the point of our podcast that the death of a child, the death of our spouse, the death of a parent, or anyone close to us can't separate us from God because no matter, like I said a minute ago, how much questioning we do, how much crying out to God, how much we think it's not fair or God is cruel in that moment, God isn't going to run from us. He's not afraid of our questions. Mm. And he's not going to say, oh, okay, well, you didn't trust me here through this bad thing. So now, you know, all bets are off. I'm washing my hands of you. He's big enough to handle that pain he's big enough to give us time to process and to come back to him and it's like that old i think we've shared this on the podcast it's like that old uh whatever that poem that we've talked about where there's two sets of footprints on the beach and then there's only one when you're struggling through tough times like when you're struggling through that pain if you're a christian when there's only one set of footprints there in the sand, you might think, oh, well, what's the deal? God left me right now when I needed him. But like we said before, I don't know how biblical this is, but if you ask God, what was the problem there? Why was there only one set of footprints? Where'd you go? He's like, hey, I was carrying you through that time. So that's my set of footprints when I was giving you the strength and getting you through it, regardless of how much you felt like you were alone. So like I said, the death of a child or spouse, Depression or anxiety doesn't separate us from the Lord. Sin doesn't separate us anymore. We, we were separated from God by the sin that we were born with and choosing to sin. 
But once we have access to his forgiveness, we always have access to it. So if we have any sort of struggle, you know, that's part of my testimony is I became a Christian in, in 2014 and then 2016, 17, 18, I kind of fell away from the Lord a little bit and wasn't doing what I should be doing and spending time in prayer and focusing my heart on the Lord. So I was feeling pretty far from God, but all I had to do was turn around and ask forgiveness, ask the Lord to help me rededicate myself to Him, and that was the end of that sin. You know, there wasn't any more like the sin still keeping me two steps further away from God than I was before I sinned so much. It was immediately God's power is stronger than that sin. And so He's over everything. He works through everything to glorify Himself and to draw us closer to Him. And... I don't think that's something that means a lot to me in Mm -hmm. just being able to have that confidence that no matter what I do, God is stronger than that thing, and he can draw me back to him through any of my failings. Man, I love that. And, and again, we think about it in in relation to, you know, relationship to to any any person in your Mm. life that has invested in you right like they if they invest in you that means they believed Mm. in you right Mm. and and god's the greatest example of that Mm. and that he doesn't give up on us even if we've given up on him at times in our life and i love what you said a few minutes ago about god is big enough to handle our questions Mm. he's big enough to handle our hurt our our misunderstanding of him um because he created us Mm. right it's not like he's going to be you know like Oh, I can't believe Will or Gabe thought those things today and they misunderstood me that badly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just for, forget about them, right? And no, he's not going to do that. You know, other other religions that are false and aren't true tell you don't question mm-hmm. your God. God says, test me in this and see mm-hmm. if I'm not right, if I'm not true, right? Mm-hmm. And so that right there i think is is a difference and shows shows god's love mm-hmm. and um just the fact that we are eternally secure in him you know through our through our salvation like what a blessing that is to know mm-hmm. well, i think we could go on here but i think we both have some things we need to get to the rest of the day unless you're good to keep going gabe um but um, well, I mean, yeah. I think, yeah, I would say let's just keep keep rolling. rolling. Yeah, okay, cool. A few more minutes. Um, well, the next thing there is, like I said, we've we've talked about how God loves us. We can't be separated from Him, no matter what happens or what comes up in our lives. And the next encouragement there is that God has a plan for your life and a purpose for your life. And we've talked about that before. How there is meaning to life, and how your children's lives mean something, whether you have a child that's 14, 16, 43, and they're following the Lord, whether they're they're not following the Lord, and, you know, whatever it is, that child's life matters just the same as your life matters, and God is the author of all life, so he doesn't allow any life to come by accident. So, Nothing is chaotic. Nothing's left to chance. We're not uh, subscribers to to Darwin's theory or evolution or anything like that here. And Psalm one thirty nine sixteen mm-hmm. says, "Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them." So we were created intentionally, and we all have a purpose. We may not necessarily know that purpose. I know. 
uh, I may know more about my purpose now than I feel like I did a year ago, five years ago, 15 years ago. But I mean, right now I'm living in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I, I have some plans for my life and God might just radically turn those upside down and, and make my wife and I missionaries to Nigeria or whatever, you know, or Tahiti. might have us Tahiti. Tahiti. Yeah. Let's be missionaries <laughs> to the Bahamas, like specifically to the resorts. Yeah. That would be great. That's God, awesome. if you want to just send that message down, but, uh, you know, I mean, it might be that, you know, it might be anything or it might be, who knows, you know, Gabe, this, this book that you're, you just published here could, you could self 40 copies to all your friends and family and people read it and like, cool, that's great. You know, whatever. That doesn't change my life. Or you could have 50 million copies sold and everybody in America could have one and talk about it. And the Lord really uses it to bring a revival. Who knows? I mean, I think that's something that we have to keep in mind through this podcast, through our careers, through other endeavors like writing a book that there is a purpose for all the things that we're doing for the glory of the Lord. And we don't know if that is a great purpose, quote unquote, in our human mind, or if it's a, what we would call smaller purpose that maybe you spent all this time working on this book and there's only one person that reads it and it changes their life or even just gives them something to hold on to. And the Lord may have ordained every bit of that work, every bit of the work for this podcast just for that one person to turn their lives around. And I think that's Mm. worth it. It may not be worth it in our heads, but if the Lord has purposed that that is what's going to come out of the work that we've put in and the work that you've put in in your life, whether you're a firefighter or a policeman or a lawyer or whatever it is, if you're trying to honor the Lord in the way that you live, I think he will be faithful to take something that you've done, something you've said, some way you've shared his love, and it will encourage someone and draw them closer to the Lord. And and I want to say that, and I think that what you're talking about there, like, what does that do? That demonstrates, again, the point of this whole episode is that God loves you. Mm. I think about my little son, Tyson, or even Isaac, uh, and even even Avery, and in their creative efforts. When they make something, it don't matter if it's Tyson, our little one, he is enamored with the Cars movies right mm. now. We watch Cars mm. movies a lot. And they're funny, so I love it. <laughs> Tomatoes, amazing. Mm. But anytime he gets out his little pens and, and, and paper, he wants to draw Lightning McQueen or, or Dinoco, you know, mm. or Hicks Chicks or something mm. like that, or however you say his name. Mm. And he puts so much care and love and attention into that little drawing. He'll go get his scissors and he'll cut them out. And he's mm. and why is he doing that? Because he's going to play with them now. He's going to mm. instead of using mm. the little, you know, matchbox cards mm-hmm. that he's got, he's going to play with and use his creation. Mm. And he loves it. And he wants us to keep those little pieces of paper forever, right? Mm-hmm. And and heaven forbid we throw them away because he loves them because he created it. He he put his time and attention there. I see the same thing with Isaac. Mm. I see the same thing with Avery writing her music, writing her songs. The time and attention that she pours into those songs. She loves them. She cares about them. She has a purpose for them. Mm. And and that's the way God is with us. The fact mm. that he does give us that purpose uh, or he, he does have a purpose for us shows that he loves us. Mm. And so we can be comforted in that. 
and 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 he had a purpose that we talked about on the podcast he had a purpose for your child even if your child is no longer here on earth and your child is in heaven mm. there was a purpose for that kid god loved that child just like he loves you mm. and yeah so the the last kind of section here that we want to just cover is we talked about god is love god loves us and really it comes down to god is the source of all love and i think the one of the greatest forms of love that he expresses to us is that he allows us to be called his children. And 1 John 3, 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is it did not know him. Mm. And I think, I don't want don't to put you on the spot because, you know, like you said, you just, you haven't, you didn't come in prepared to talk about this, but, you know, try to imagine you the listener try to imagine what it takes what kind of love it takes to adopt a child that's not yours and Gabe you've gone through adoption you have had you have adopted children you have been through this and you have biological children and in my limited mind before my wife and I got together and even started you know dating she had mentioned you know, maybe she'd like to adopt or she really felt like she wanted to adopt one day. And that just hit me so strangely, you know. I guess I always thought of, like, when I was growing up, I'm like, yeah, of course, I'll have kids. It'll be great. You know, I'll name them Will Jr. and Will Jr. Jr. and Will Jr. Jr. Awesome. Jr., Jr., Jr. like George Foreman. Like George Foreman. And, get you a real uh, Yeah, a, a whole bunch of, yeah, Will, 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 and Will Amina, whatever, yeah. That's awesome. And um, never really thought about adoption. I just kind of thought, like, that's what people who can't have children do. And I'm, of course, you know, that won't be my problem. I'll be able to have 15 children if I want to. So I never really thought about it and had some friends who were adopted growing up. And like some of them had good experiences and some of them were that kid that was like, you're not my dad, you know, and arguing with somebody and causing strife. So imagine what kind of love it takes to adopt a child that before you adopt them, you know, you have no connection to and no obligation to. And then try to imagine that this child, before you even get the chance to adopt and show love to this child, is already showing that it's going to disobey you. It's choosing other people over you. It hates you. The child is your enemy. And everything that you want for that child, that you've planned for that child, that you've worked to provide for that child, it's doing the opposite. And it's choosing everything that's hateful to you. And maybe even the child doesn't even act like you exist or that there's any reason for that child to love you or care for you. Then imagine even further that the only way you could bring that adopted child into your family is to sacrifice your one true son that's mm. perfect. And again, we're going off a going off a human understanding. We can't get a one-to-one ratio. But say you have a child that's human that's as close to perfect as possible and you have to give up that child and allow them to suffer so that you can bring in this hateful frustrating you know little hellion of a child that Mm. hates you doesn't want you Mm. imagine doing that you know i I have a friend like i said growing up who was a little tough on his parents he wasn't this bad but he was a little tough on his parents and i can't imagine doing that and making this choice but that's what god did for us that he knew us before we were believers before we or anything we've had the renewal of the Holy Spirit we did hate him we've chosen throughout human history everything but God 
we've reached out, taken the good things he's given us and perverted them and turned them into, you know, ways to worship idols or ways to worship ourselves and ways to pretend that God doesn't exist. And we've taken, you know, we just went through a biblical counseling conference at church and it talks about like human wisdom is something that God's given us and given us the ability to reason and to think. And so we've taken even our ability to reason and think, and you have people like Freud or Nietzsche who have get, taken their God-given ability to think amazing, incredible thoughts and twisted those things to prove God doesn't exist or that God has quote-unquote died or, or whatever God is dead theology. And so God took these people who've done all of that, and he loved us despite how much we hated him and he demonstrates his love to us every day that he prolongs the life of this world because he allows more and more people to come to know him and be saved from the punishment of their sins and if you think about it you know it doesn't matter how many believers die in a day whether they're persecuted or their old age or whatever happens they're going to heaven their salvation is secure and they're going out of this world into the goodness of time with the lord but there might be two people that day or 20 people or a thousand people that day who become believers and so god's kingdom is growing every day and he's demonstrating his love and that he's prolonging the time that we have on this earth so we can tell more and more people about him and he demonstrates his love that he gives you life and health and food and like i said the mind that allows you to to process things and to enjoy his creation he shows love in providing peace for you, refuge, and unfailing hope for you. Even while you're dealing with the loss of your child, you have the ability to come to the Bible and to come to the Lord in prayer or to listen to this podcast or to read a book and to feel encouragement. And it's just amazing to me. And I'll before we close here, Gabe, I'll let you get in some thoughts on adoption adoption of, of literal children here but adoption as sons of the lord who is perfect and has done all this for us but really i mean just sitting down here and saying all this even though i wrote all these notes just saying it again just reinforces the fact that you know all we really should do or could do in response to this if we had a right view of god and what he's done for us is just to sit down and praise him for all the ways that he shows his love to us so I'll let you jump in, and then we can wrap this yeah, one up. Yeah, I mean, right? I think that's probably the most, and I'm not saying it's flippantly, man, or to, you know, that was one of the most powerful things I've ever heard. I mm -hmm. mean, what you just went through there, the whole thought process about how God loves us mm -hmm. and took us in and grafted us into his family through the sacrifice, a personal sacrifice, mm -hmm. right, despite our sin. Right, and mm -hmm. all that you just said, and I think you need to write something about that because that mm -hmm. was no joke, and mm. yeah, it just made me think. Like I, I under, I don't understand that love completely, you know, because mm. I, we we're humans, right? We can't mm -hmm. understand God's love; it's just far above anything we can comprehend. <clears throat> but about a week ago, because I wouldn't give my son a candy bar or something to that effect, which never happened so I don't know why he thought he was going to get one I don't, it was something something like that I can't mm. remember one of my sons I'm not going to point out which one so I got two so you, you can't just 50-50 chance yeah that's right 50 chance yeah. and they probably both said this at some time but he was so mad and so mm. angry he said 
I wish I wasn't in this family. Mm. I wish I just lived on the streets mm. alone by myself. <laughs> and he's and he's he's ten years old. He gets emotional sometimes, right? And mm. I just remember I, I didn't. There was no there was no pity. I was just like, get over mm. yourself, right? You know, like mm-hmm. I'm looking at him like you don't. You know, I know he didn't mean it, right? Mm-hmm. He was just mad. He was just angry. But like at that time <laughs> in his life, like mm. he was so angry at me. Because I wouldn't give in to whatever he wanted. Like, why did why was he so angry? Because he didn't understand mm-hmm. that his father has a greater plan in, in store for him than he understood in his little finite mind at that mm-hmm. at that point. And, you know, I didn't feel like, oh, I, d- I don't love this kid anymore because he said that about me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put him out of my family and I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to make him get out of the car because he said it while I was in the car and I was pouring the rain, you know. Mm. (laughs) Like, those thoughts never entered my mind, right? You didn't say, like, all right, you want to live on the streets, go walk in the streets. Yeah, all right, get out and stop running (laughs) on the streets, go, you know. And so uh, Mm. that never entered my mind, right? Because I love him and because I know that in his finite little mind he does not understand the love of a father he doesn't understand all of our all of our Mm. all of our plans you know why we do certain things and so i get a glimpse of that um what you just spoke about just in everyday interactions with my with my boys Mm. um because sometimes the things that they say in their frustration or in their anger Mm. but i can't really grasp it of what what it would be like because there's so many other layers that you just kind of laid out there of what the way that we as humans have treated God for eternity and for him still to have that plan that I'm going to sacrifice my own son one day and mm-hmm. bring punishment upon myself in order to redeem this creation that hates me. Mm-hmm. Man, that's powerful. And that is, that is some next level love. Mm, it is. Like I say, I think the the takeaway from this is just to, just to sit down, take some time to just thank the Lord for this love. And if if you're struggling with accepting what we're talking about here or understanding it, you know, maybe listen to the podcast again and then take some time to just ask the Lord to show you his love and, and give you the ability and the understanding to grasp what he's done for you. And if you're, uh, I want to be more intentional about sharing the gospel uh, every, everywhere I can. So just a quick blurb here. If you aren't a Christian and you're hearing all this, it's true. That's how God loves you. He's done all that for you, even though you still are in rebellion against him and you aren't loving him and submitting to him. So, you know, take a minute to think about that. And hopefully you'll, you'll understand what the Lord has given up for you, how much he loves you and how much he offers to you if you'll come to him. Amen, brother. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, as we close down, just want to make sure that you follow uh, Lost Boys the Found Fathers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And yeah, check out check out our books, um, Every Little Thing, Six Small Steps to Perfect Peace. You can find that on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, um, or also that will be done put a question mark at the end of that you can find that on Amazon again I am Gabe O'Sullivan and joining me as always are 
co-host and friend Will Haycox. Thank you guys again for joining us. Let's not be lost. Let's be found in him.